What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. What an exciting time. Checking your leagues this morning. Did I make it? Did I get in? Yes, I got in. Otherwise, you probably wouldn't be listening right now. Uh, welcome to the fantasy postseason for many of you. Hey, if you're in a 10-team league, maybe you're starting next week. I hope you've had an awesome season, and thanks for being part of this journey and being along for the ride. Adam, Dave, and Jamie with the waiver wire. We're going to help you in week 15. We're going to help you in week 16, too, in case you have a bye this week or you just want to get ahead of the game. I'm feeling good, guys. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a good year. And now, how about you? Good season for you guys? Yeah, great season. Yeah. Good. Oh, yeah, I feel like uh, it's been a strong not year. Not over yet, though. No, it's not. It's not at all. Now we can't, gotta celebrate, see. can't celebrate regular season titles. No, now we got to see if we're going from good to great season. Dave, you reminded me of something when we were talking off the air. Tiebreakers. You were talking about regular season tiebreakers and whatnot. And oh, I've been mired in this crap in my keeper league all morning long. Yeah, but for, for playoff tiebreakers, please, everyone... Please don't use bench points as a tiebreaker. It nope. is the worst tiebreaker. I personally, I suggest higher seed, or that basically whoever had the better regular season wins. If there's a tie, let's don't do bench points. Okay, but make sure you know what your tiebreaker is, and if you're a commissioner, make sure you communicate that to your league. And if you're in a league where you don't know what your regular season tiebreaker is, it should be points scored it should not be head-to-head rankings because what do you do when you've got three or four teams that all finish with the same record and then you got to figure out who's the best on head-to-head that's what's going on right now in my keeper league and it's driving me crazy because the commissioner of that league is going through the math of it and i just told him just go to point score and he goes well it's not what's in our constitution and i guess he's right <laughs> but but then he's just making so much more work for himself and it's fantasy football we've all got other stuff to do well yeah. not me but you know, everybody else does. Yeah, we do have other things. Most to do. points scored. Most points scored is uh, is what should be the tiebreaker for regular season, not for playoffs. yeah. And then in playoffs, Adam, you nailed it. I've been saying it for years. Better playoff seed has the tiebreaker. Okay, so as we look at the Week 14 waiver wire, man, you've got a potential. You know, you've got a starting running back widely available, and you've got the number one player at his position available in 33 percent of leagues. Everybody. Dave, you know, I know I told Jamie who it was. Dave, you know who it is? I think you're about to say it's Nick Folk. It is Nick Folk, 67% rostered. But uh, let's start with Rashad Penny. And Jamie, overall, what do you think of the waiver wire this week? It's pretty good. You know, um, especially, and the the other part of the the playoffs is, you, you know, depending on your league size, but you're probably competing with five other people to uh, in the majority of leagues to get these guys, you know, if they're still available to you. So, um, there are very crazy running back situations out there, like the Miami one, for example. Um, you know, who's going to be the the lead guy? Could it be Duke Johnson? Could it be Malcolm Brown? You know, guys of yesteryear that could uh, maybe help you this week. Um, the Philadelphia situation is is kind of wide open as well. You know, not knowing if Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard are going to play. So Boston Scott and Kenneth Gainwell are available. Uh, Craig Reynolds, if he's still the lead guy for Detroit, is obviously available everywhere. So there, there are some you know pretty wide open running back situations and some good receivers as well. 
And how do we feel about Rashad Penny coming off this brilliant game with the, an amazing matchup? Now it gets so much tougher. Um, <laughs> Dave, how do you feel about Rashad Penny this week? There's a scene in Squid Game where the contestants are walking on glass and they oh. don't know whether the glass is going to break or not. That's what it's going to be like to start Rashad Penny. Oh, my gosh. Because you might start him and he could pop a hamstring on his first carry or he could go off for 20 carries for 130 yards and a couple of touchdowns. He, yeah. It could really go either way with him from quarter to quarter. But if you're hurting at running back, he's absolutely the top name to go and get. Boy, that that scene. That's great. That was wild. Uh, That's Rashad Penny. But Enjoy. it's but it's if even if he stays healthy, I, I have major concerns about him this week. Do you share those? Just as a as a fantasy, yeah. uh, I don't think I have as many concerns as as you do. He's taking on a Rams defense that played on Monday that gave up a, a ton of numbers to Connor. I know a lot of it came through the air, but Connor still ran for two touchdowns. Seattle has no choice; he's their lead back moving forward, and he played like it. I well, I will I will. I will confidently start him as a number two running back. Yeah, I, I, I would probably remove the word confident, but I would start him as a number two running back. Uh, but I would start him over Ezekiel Elliott this week. Yes. I mean, that's, you know, I should tell you about both those guys, where, where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so Penny's got the Rams, and I guess, I don't know if we want to get into this now, but I think it's pretty important, right? I, he'd probably be the number one claim for me even with everything I'm saying just because one you want to keep him away from someone else and two after this week if you can advance it's very favorable after that for Rashad Penny um, if he is in fact a lead running back which it looks like he is but Rams have been really good their run defense per carry and oh yeah well YPC whatever per carry being really really good for about a month and a half now and even last night James Conner 13 carries 31 yards yes he did score two touchdowns but Penny doesn't catch any passes the Seahawks run the fewest plays in the NFL. They're last in time of possession. What if they fall behind in this game? I mean, it just it's so going from the Houston Texans to the Rams, not exactly going to the Bucks or the Saints, but it, it's a huge flip. And I could see 12 carries for 35 yards and one catch. And you have you could have a four-point fantasy game, a five-point fantasy. I could really see that realistically for Penny. You know, this that, is also that's the negative side. Also a big time letdown spot though for the Rams. I mean, they they you know, emotional game uh, on the road, uh, all the COVID stuff that they're dealing with. I mean, I don't know if you heard Sean McVay after the game yesterday, uh, what he what he had to say about it, and just the headaches that it, it's caused their their team. Um, I, I could see the the letdown game. You know, the Seahawks are are fighting for their lives at this point, and so um, you know, you go from one big division game to what is still a big division game back to back weeks uh, could be a little bit of a struggle for the Rams. We've seen this from them before. You know, they put everything into that Bucks game in Week Three. And then they came back in week four and they lost. Mm-hmm. Or they struggled at Seattle, I believe. Okay. So, all right, then who are the top priorities? Penny's one, I assume, Jamie? Penny would be one. If you're going to stay with the running backs, I would probably put Boston Scott too, you know, just with the idea that he could be the lead running back for the Eagles. Um, and there are a lot of guys that kind of fall into this, okay, maybe category, like, you know, Duke Johnson, Malcolm Brown, whichever Dolphins running back is, is healthy taking on the Jets. Um, you know, you can look at Craig Reynolds again, obviously, with uh, the opportunity there. David Johnson's in a good spot, you know, uh, surprisingly enough. Not that you want to trust him, but still. It's uh, taking on a Jacksonville team that I think is going to give up because they want their coach out. And um, no Rex Burkhead. So, you know, David Johnson coming off the COVID list could potentially help you as a flex play. Uh, but the, the two slam dunks at that spot would be, in my opinion, um, would be Rashad Penny and Boston Scott. Then if you go to the receivers, this is where it gets a little bit more interesting because there are guys that can – can be fill-in starters for you, but there's some, you know, concerns. Uh, first off, Devontae Parker. You know, there's there's no worries about who's playing because he's going to be the starter and has the Jets. Uh, K.J. Osborne's in a great spot, obviously. And, you know, the, the problem is, though, is if Adam Thielen returns, then he's not going to be somebody you trust. And they don't practice until Thursday. So even for waivers that run on Wednesday, it's not going to alleviate any of your concerns if, unless we find out that Adam Thielen's definitely out. Um, you have Gabriel Davis, who's in a very good spot with Emmanuel Sanders out, and he's somebody that you should look at with their matchup uh, at home against Carolina. And then I think you also take a look at Amon Ross St. Brown with the targets that he's had the past couple of weeks and TJ Hawkinson and the running backs who definitely catch passes for them, uh, potentially still not playing again. Uh, he's in a very good spot as well, probably chasing points against the Cardinals. 
Okay, so a lot of names there. Rashad Penny, Boston Scott, David Johnson, Dolphins running backs, at wide receiver Parker, K.J. Osborne, Gabriel Davis, Amon St. Brown. Obviously, we have to keep in mind with Gabriel Davis. Could be Mitchell Trubisky throwing to him. Josh Allen has the foot issue. Uh, hopefully, he can play. Uh, hopefully, Lamar Jackson can play. There are actually some pretty good quarterbacks available this week, too, including mm-hmm. Tua Tungabailoa, including Taysom Hill in about 25% of leagues. Dave, who are your top priorities this week? Overall or at quarterback, Adam? Overall. Penny's number one with a bullet, and then I really don't know if there's a slam dunk for number two. I think Jamie mentioned Devontae Parker as being an easy option to pick up because there isn't anything that really is going to hamper his situation. There's there's all kinds of stuff that could hamper every other situation across the league. Like, for example, Jamie mentioned Boston Scott. Are we sure it's not Kenneth Gainwell who's going to be the better running back in Philadelphia? Are we sure that Miles Sanders and Jordan Howard don't show up to practice on Wednesday ready to go? Um alleviating both guys from being an option in fantasy football. Same thing in Detroit. Craig Reynolds looked good when he ran the football, but if Swift is back or if Jamal Williams is back, Reynolds might go back to the practice squad and not even make the active roster in week 15. Um, Jeff Wilson's a name. That's the nicest thing I can say about him. St. Brown would take a big step back. Osborne, I think, would probably be my third. So if I had to name three where I felt the safest about them when you're spending the rest of your fab to try and improve your team and get a starter, Penny would be one. Devontae Parker would be two, and K.J. Osborne would be three. And that's also assuming that you don't need a quarterback because I really liked Tua Tungavailoa this week against the Jets, especially if the Dolphins' run game is down to nubs. This is a team that's already throwing the ball like crazy as it is. Tua will throw the ball a bunch. He'll have a big game, and uh, yeah. Yeah, and Tua's got a good— I was about to say something about Jalen Waddle, but there's no point in saying it right now. Tua's got a good postseason schedule. He's got the Saints next week. I don't remember week 17. I'll tell you that in a second. But um, I got it. Tua can give you potentially three good games. Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee's been interesting. Jets, Saints, Titans. Um, Okay. And I just want to say I'm probably going to forget shallow leagues. Don't know about Damian Harris's status. Ramondre Stevenson, I believe, is 86% rostered. Michael Carter, too. Michael Carter, 75% rostered. Going to play this week. Um. Yeah, who, who, it's a tough matchup. Shot Penny or or Michael Carter. Who do you guys like better this week? Penny. One cent. <laughs> okay, I'm looking forward to, to some Rashad Penny debates this week. Uh, all right. So we've got more. Oh, Nick Folk, number one priority. No, J.K. But seriously, the number one kicker. Look at the Dolphins too. If you're going to go a little bit above the threshold, they're at 71. percent Yeah, DST. Yeah, or DSC. Yes. Make sure you double check that because it's not a great week for DSTs. No, it is not. Not like last week. Nope. All right. So we got more of your questions. Well, we've got your questions tonight, Tuesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern. Please join us at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. This is important. All right. You got to be here. We're going to answer your your start sit questions, your waiver wire questions, whatever it is to help you in fantasy week 15. And uh, 8 p.m. Eastern, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Also, Thursday at 2 p.m., Sunday morning at 11.30 a.m., Q&As uh, for an hour or an hour and a half. And every one of our podcasts you can watch live or you can just watch the video on demand at youtube.com slash fantasy football today. Let's spend the rest of the show on the injuries. Lamar Jackson, they're hoping he's going to play. Not a high ankle sprain. Eckler and Keenan Allen expected to play on Thursday against Kansas City. Aaron Rodgers said his toe got worse. Awesome. And he's been on fire. And That's not awesome. That's terrible. As JK, it was a joke. Oh. Daniel Jones not expected to play this week. Josh Allen, what is it? A foot strain foot sprain for Josh Allen? Yes, he sprained his left foot. Okay. Uh it's a toe injury. He's dealing with turf toe. So that's Josh originally Allen? what they said, and then I thought they changed it to a foot sprain. Oh, the last I saw was turf toe, so I apologize. Yeah, either one. It's it's on his you know, it's below his ankle. And let's call him questionable for the Carolina game this week. Cam Newton is going to start. PJ Walker is going to get in there, and Sam Darnold could start later this season. And if you on Sunday, if you heard Heath guessing that PJ Walker was in there for the two minute drill, that's exactly what it was. Matt Rule said he's just further along in the playbook, basically. So yeah, you can't start Cam Newton. Uh, Taylor Heineke is going to start if he's healthy at Philadelphia this week. Mike McCarthy, I brought this up yesterday, but Mike McCarthy said he was just being conservative with Ezekiel Elliott, that Zeke was fine. He wanted to go back in, but McCarthy was being overcautious. How many excuses are they going to make? 
It, it's exactly what I said. It's ridiculous. And Tony Pollard has a good chance to play this week. So Jamie's already talked about the Miami running backs, but in case you're not aware, three of their running backs are on the reserve COVID list. Miles Gaskin, Savan Ahmed, and Philip Lindsay. So it could, you know, it could be any one of those three. They're all vaccinated. Could be Malcolm well, Brown. Lindsay's still dealing with whatever, I think it was ankle injury that kept him out of week 13. So that's another thing to factor in. And Malcolm Brown could return this week. So all of your ad drops uh, over the weekend have <laughs> proved to be worth it. Is that a funny story? Is that worth telling? <laughs> yes. Okay. I saw the Philip Lindsay news, and I knew that they you were on a buy. The Miles Gaskin news. Oh, it was the Miles Gaskin news. I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. I saw the Miles Gaskin news, and um, I saw that they were on a buy, but I, I knew that. But then I knew they had the Jets coming. So I added Malcolm Brown in like three leagues, which was great because he's on IR. And just put him in an IR spot. Jamie texts me and says, why are you adding Brown and not Lindsey? I said, I have no idea. Mostly because I don't have to drop anyone. Jamie said, ah, oh, it makes sense. I said, you know, maybe I'll just be honest here. I said, look, we could go with that. It sounds better than I forgot Philip Lindsey existed. <laughs> so, yeah, I got lucky there. Okay, anyway, Kareem Hunt is week to week. Don't expect him this week. Uh, Melvin Gordon's fine. He has a sprained thumb, but he's fine. Terry McLaurin is in the concussion protocol. DJ Moore is day-to-day with a hamstring injury. You might not have either McLaurin or Moore this week. I don't know that you'd want to start them anyway, but you might not have McLaurin or Moore. Going to get Michael Carter this week. No Rex Burkhead. Emmanuel Sanders is week to week. No Tyron Smith for the Cowboys. Hopefully won't matter at the Giants. Uh... Giants just lost arguably their best defensive player, Leonard Williams, for a while. It's a lot of... ID, this one's big in IDP. Aziz Al-Shair, who even with the linebackers healthy in San Francisco, has been an absolute star in IDP. He left with an elbow injury in the second half. Uh, so keep an eye on that. There's like a lot of other offensive line stuff. We won't get into it. The Bears are really beat up, though. They lost their left tackle, Jason Peters, early in the game on Sunday night. Roquan Smith and two defensive backs... So Roquan Smith, their linebacker, and two defensive backs all left with injuries. They've got a Monday night home game against Minnesota. You know what I had the other day, guys? You can get in on this, too. I had some ground pork sausage from ButcherBox. I made it a couple nights ago. I had it two days in a row. I'm going to have it for lunch today. It is so good. ButcherBox is amazing, and you have got to get it now. You get an incredible offer. You guys got – do you have enough room in your fridge? For your butcher no. box package? No, no, I didn't. So, what have you gotten into? I, uh, first of all, I didn't get any ground sausage. I would have loved to have had that. I got their wings and oh. we cooked their wings. They were excellent. Their chicken breasts, excellent. Their hamburgers, excellent. My kids have been steak snobs their entire lives. They've never had a ribeye that they liked before. They put those bad boys on the grill and they love them. Now, all they want is ribeye steaks. Lucky me. Uh, they, the fillets were good. The sirloin was good. I I was very surprised and excited. I was excited when the box came, but I was very surprised at how good of quality of meat it was. It wasn't just like, you know, crap sent in dry ice. It was like really, really good. Yep. And I, I doubt we, we've already said in our next order for butcher box. We love it. Good. Go to butcherbox.com slash FFT for a special offer. Tell you about that in just a moment. There are no antibiotics. There are no added hormones. You get eight to 14 pounds of meat, depending on the box you choose. That's enough for 24 individual meals. I have bacon in there. I got the ground pork sausage. I got ground beef. I got chicken. I got uh pork, kind of like a pork tenderloin. Um, so it's really, really good. A lot of variety and you can, you know, choose your own, choose your own adventure or go for one of their boxes. And it's much better than the meat you're getting at the grocery store. So this holiday, happy holidays, butcher box is giving new members one pack of bacon for free in every box. That bacon is delicious. You're getting one pack of bacon for free in every box plus $20 off each box for the first five months of your membership. What an offer free bacon for life. And up to $100 off. Sign up at ButcherBox.com slash FFT. That is ButcherBox.com slash FFT. Been waiting a long time to do that read because, you know, I'm just salivating. All right, I top- love the. And if you're watching on YouTube, you see a, a picture of Ben Schrager's freezer. <laughs> it's literally filled with ButcherBox stuff. And this is before I got my ButcherBox. And you can see my reaction to it. I posted the CM Punk shaking his head gif. 
<laughs> you're pretty hip, I, by the way, Dave. What do you mean I'm hip? Uh, just like your gifts. Your gift game is good. Uh, not as good as Jamie's. But Jamie's it's, it's definitely just, I thought it was amazing just how much meat you get. And you can get a quick glimpse of what butcher box looks like. And I didn't get as much. Yeah, you can choose. You don't have to get that much if you don't want it, but you might want it. Speaking of punk, that's who I'm wearing today, actually. There oh, cool. All right. I don't know anything about wrestling. Top three priorities at each position. Jamie, let's talk quarterback. Go ahead. Yeah, Tua would be one. Um, Roethlisberger would be two. And then you'd probably go with Justin Fields, three. Uh, I like the way he ran against Packers. Uh, we know the Vikings matchup has been very good for opposing quarterbacks. I know you're thrilled that they're on primetime, Adam, so they're playing Monday night. And, uh, you know, hopefully he's, he's going to, you know, the hand injury is okay and, and he's going to be fine. But um, he's, got, he's got a chance to be a decent streamer for you this week. So, Tua, you know, you got nine straight, ten straight quarterbacks who scored 19 or more points against the Jets. That's a floor. And eight straight quarterbacks had thrown two or more touchdown passes before Taysom Hill. So, whatever. Great matchup for Tua. And then, like we said, at New Orleans and then Tennessee, it's, it's a solid playoff schedule. Uh, can we talk about Roethlisberger here? How much do you like him this week against Tennessee? They've actually been pretty good in the last five or six games after a terrible start to the season. And I, I know that is Tua's uh, week 17 matchup. We'll worry about that in two weeks. But for Roethlisberger this week, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about him. It's four out of five games with 20 or more points. It's 28 or more in two of his last four. Is he a, is he a top 15 quarterback, Jamie? Ben Roethlisberger? Yes. Yeah. Um, and just given the uncertainty with Lamar Jackson, if Jackson plays, I'd start Roethlisberger over him as of now, uh, just with the concern about Lamar's ankle. Um, I, I think you just buy into the, the low inside of that. I don't think he's going to be at the high inside of that, but I think he'll be, you know, in the 20 to 22 point range. And so, um, uh, like I trust him more than Burrow this week, for example. So I, I like the setup for him. I, I think we'll see, you know, him continue to have to throw. I think his receiving core is playing great. Um, his, his running back obviously catches the ball. Uh, I think his defense is kind of struggling a little bit right now, especially if TJ Watts off the field. So they might be chasing points and that's typically been when Roethlisberger's at his best. So I'll I, I buy into him as a low-end starter this week, yes. All right. So you said Tua, Roethlisberger, and Justin Fields. Never never any love for Jimmy Garoppolo. On this. He's going to be next. Okay. Garoppolo's got Atlanta. Yeah, I just don't think he's going to have to throw as much. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Dave, uh, running backs. So Penny and then what? So I'm a mess at running back after Rashad Penny. Here's what I have as of right now. It's absolutely subject to change. Write this in pencil. I've got Craig Reynolds second on the assumption that Jamal Williams isn't back and that DeAndre Swift isn't back. Then I've got Gainwell and Jordan Howard right after that. We're talking about two of the Eagles running backs that might have a chance to step up depending on who's healthy for Philadelphia in their run game. And then I've got, I, I literally have Justin Jackson slash Joshua Kelly slash Larry Roundtree and then Malcolm Brown slash Jared Doke slash Duke Johnson. <laughs> and, I mean, it, this doesn't help anybody because I don't know what's happening in each of these situations. If I had to pick one of those six names I just said, I guess it would be Jackson. And the idea behind targeting Jackson is he would be the guy that I think would have the best chance to lead the Chargers in terms of playing time, and we'll know what his situation is sooner than everybody else off the waiver wire. And if Austin Eckler starts practicing and they say he's fine, you just pivot off of him and you go find somebody else off the waiver wire. Jamie mentioned there's only going to be five other managers who are going to be adding and dropping players this week. Should be a little bit easier to find somebody off the waiver wire. So to wrap it up, Penny one, Reynolds two. If you don't want to deal with the Eagles, I understand that Jackson would be three. You are not just taking Brandon Staley's word for it that Eckler's going to play? I don't know what to think of it because he didn't practice on Monday. They didn't think he was going to practice if they had an actual practice yeah. on Monday. He said he said after the game that Eckler could have come back in. He said yesterday that Eckler was just sore. Sure. We're ranking Eckler. That could be gamesmanship, you know? <laughs> it could be. Right? It's a Thursday game against the division rival. I, I think Jackson is the guy you've got to really... You might even target him ahead of Reynolds if you've got Eckler. Okay, and you so need a replacement for Reynolds. Him. I, I would still take Penny ahead of Jackson, but Reynolds had eleven. And I'm, I'm again. I wrote it in pencil after yeah. Rashad Penny, so I'm open to any kind of discussion and uh, about any other running back after Rashad Penny. So let me let me frame it this way: 
you look at Reynolds going against Arizona, you look at the Dolphins facing the Jets, and you look at the Eagles facing Washington. Uh, oh, and by the way, uh, thank you to Schrager for reminding me. Two injuries I did not mention. DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner, both very late. For Conner, it was the last play of the game. Hopkins wasn't on the field, I think, for the after the onside kick. I think they're both fine, but they are a little banged up. Yeah, I, I, didn't, I didn't hear anything from Kingsbury about um, Conner, but he did address Hopkins and said he was fine. Uh, we got a tweet from Josh Weinfuss. Cliff Kingsbury said late game injuries to James Conner and DeAndre Hopkins didn't look too serious. Okay, Good. that was right after the game. So if you've got the Dolphins situation against the Jets, the Lions situation against Arizona, and the Eagles situation against Washington, who's the best starting running back? We, we don't know who it is, but the top running back, you know, what's your favorite situation, I guess? The Eagles. I mean, just, you know, with the idea of what this team has been. So it, Dave's right. It could be Gamewell. Uh, you mentioned Adam this morning. It could be Jordan Howard. Um, Boston Scott is the healthiest uh, and, and most experienced, obviously, of that trio right now. So, you know, did he lose his job when he got hurt? Or was he just hurt and didn't play in the last game for them, you know, when he was dealing with, I think it was illness on top of um, missing time due to injury. So I, I'll, I'll lean towards Scott right now. But, um Again, we get to the middle of the week, and, and Miles Sanders is back. So it's just a matter of you know what what the what the risk you want to take with that is. But uh, I think Washington is going to potentially start a backup quarterback with uh, another injury along their defense, or another you know guy missing along their defensive line um, with Jonathan Allen Jonathan not being Allen, there yeah. potentially. And so I, I think it's a great spot for whoever the lead Eagles running back is. And for now, I'll lean toward Boston Scott. What's your take on the hierarchy at? at the Eagles running back position. If they're all healthy, how, how do you think their depth chart looks? Sanders, Howard, Scott Gainwell. Okay. And then Dave, if... And the only ones that would matter, the only ones that would matter for, for fantasy would be Sanders and Howard. Dave, what what do you think about the Dolphins, okay? Uh, where are you going to rank the Dolphins <laughs> starting running back this week? Who is it? Does that matter? Does it matter? Yes, it matters. You don't want to start a, a crappy player here. Well, you're, you're like, going I, to. Even though it's a great matchup against the Jets. <laughs> what? You're going, going to, to, no matter who it is. Uh, let's, let's just put it this way. If it was Miles Gaskin, he'd easily be an RB2. And he'd be right. He'd probably be a step ahead of Penny because the matchup is so good, and we've seen the Dolphins give him a lot of work. Do, do, I, do I know for sure that there's another running back on this team if Gaskin doesn't play who's going to get that type of workload? No. Malcolm Brown would be the closest guy to it. Okay. And I so and I still would be feel gross. I would put him behind Penny. So right now, knowing what we know of of who's healthy, um your last claim, your last fab dollar should be on Duke Johnson because he's the healthiest guy right now. And while that sounds gross, and it's probably gonna be gross, um <laughs> opportunity matters. And you know, you're talking about a flex option, you're talking about a great matchup. Um, as Dave said, they've given their running back typically a lot of work. Uh, they may not have a choice. You know, they brought in Lamar Miller for a workout this week, uh, you know, really reaching into the history of the team. Um, Larry Zonko, Larry Zonko is unavailable. <laughs> Ricky Williams is unavailable. <laughs> you know who um, might be available soon? Bernie Parmley. Uh, Bernie Parmley might be available, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> so if it's Duke Johnson, then, you know, he's, he's a flex option. But I, I think you hope – you know, based on the report that Malcolm Brown is back at least because he at least showed you a little bit of something earlier in the year. You know, Duke Johnson was on the practice squad and, you know, not with the team for a reason. So um, Malcolm Brown is somebody you should you should also be looking at. Uh, but hopefully, you know, we get Miles Gaskin or Saban Ahmed back. And the Jets give up the most fantasy points to running backs. They're just such a great matchup. Jamie, wide receivers, best wide receivers this week. Uh, Devontae Parker, KJ Osborne are the top two. And I think they're both startable, certainly in three receiver leagues. Um, you know, Parker hopefully is as close to hundred percent as he's going to be. And Osborne, you know, you've seen what the track record has been when the targets have been there for him. And if Adam Thielen's out, you know, the targets will be there for him in what should be a good matchup against the bears. Uh, Gabriel Davis in a really good spot. Uh, Amara St. Brown is in a good spot, you know, but, um, with Davis, at least, you know, there's Sanders most likely out according to what, uh, the reports are. With St. Brown, you kind of have to wait, I think, to see what happens with TJ Hawkinson and, and the running backs there in terms of mostly DeAndre Swift and, and Jamal Williams. But the targets were have been great the last two weeks for St. Brown and uh, probably chasing points against the Cardinals. So I like both those guys uh, as, as potential starters. It's, it's, a, it's a really 
Uh, interesting but good week for wide receivers because there's no more buys and, you know, the injuries are kind of I, – I think you can manage through them, you know, with with hopefully, you know, Mike Williams who, you know, like Dave said with Austin Eckler, you know, they put him on the injury report on Monday. Um, Terry McLaurin hopefully plays, you know, so we'll kind of see who's healthy, who's not. But it's a, it's a pretty good week for wide receiver, you know, if, if Thielen goes as well. Oh, yeah. I'm kind of hoping he doesn't because <laughs> there's at least a little intrigue with uh, K.J. Osborne. It would be fun from a starter sit perspective, Osborne versus this guy. I'm I'm telling you now, if even if McLaurin plays, if Thielen's out, I'm, I'm starting Osborne over McLaurin. It, uh, I would as well, especially yeah. if it was Kyle Allen. It's such a bad matchup. Uh, I talked about it on yesterday's show. The only thing I'm a little concerned about with Osborne is the weather. I mean, it's going to be a Monday night in Chicago on December 20th. Got to check that out. Right now, it is 35 degrees, scheduled to be 35 degrees forecast, 15% chance of precipitation with uh, 12 mile per hour winds. Doesn't look too bad. Not the right voice. What is it? Oh, it's the. You know the voice we have <laughs> used uh, do the weather in Chicago or anywhere else in the country. Well, you've heard the weather in Chicago. You got to do the. Uh, ah, the, you could do the Chicago action. Chicago yeah. thing here. All right, Dave, who are the best uh, tight ends? You know, one of the best rookie tight ends ever was Ditka, but who are the streamers this week? <laughs> uh, assuming uh, David Njoku is still out, I like Austin Hooper the best. Seven plus targets in two of his last three games. Uh, Gerald Everett would be next for me. At least he has six targets in three of his last five. He's got end zone targets in each of his last three games. And then it's Jack Doyle and Ricky Seals Jones. It's not a great week at tight end. I wonder if Ricky Seals Jones, like Ricky Seals Jones for Washington, he played, I don't remember, about 50% of the snaps last week, something low. He was playing 100% of the snaps before his injury. Obviously, Logan Thomas was out. If that was just him getting, you know, shaking off the rust, getting back into it, if he gets back to 90% of the snaps or something like that, he's facing the Eagles. They are the free space. So, I don't know, Jamie, uh, what's your your priority list is a little bit different. Dave went Hooper, Gerald Everett, Doyle, Ricky Seals-Jones. What's your priority list? Yeah, I like Revan Jordan. You know, I think you're starting to see him play a little bit more. Uh, you know, opportunities here against a Jacksonville team that obviously has been bad uh, at times against tight ends, and I think he's got an opportunity to continue to get a bigger role. So I don't mind him as a uh, as a potential streamer. Hooper is the, is the best one. Uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, I think it was a shake-the-rust-off game, so, you know, you can buy back into him as well. Uh, Everett's in that conversation also. It's not a great week, you know, so this is the one position I think where you're you're kind of hoping that your stars show up. Hopefully Darren Waller shows up, you know, Rich Passaccia saying that still day to day and and hopefully this is the week he comes back. But um, it's not it's not a very pretty week for this position, especially if David Njoku does, you know, clear the, the COVID-19 protocols because Hooper was uh, he was a top six tight end for me last week and, and I was thrilled to start him in a few leagues. And I'd like to do that again as well. Hooper's got a great matchup. He's number one for both Dave and Jamie. Number two, they start to differ. Jamie had Brevin Jordan, Dave had Gerald Everett. Uh, and take a look at Mike Kosicki. Mike Kosicki's about 80% rostered. He might be available. Okay, DSTs. Jamie, who are the best DSTs? Well, the Dolphins, if they're available, go get them. Uh, that would be the first choice for me. And the second one, which is available, is the Eagles. Uh, you know, you're looking at uh, what could be a, a really fractured offense right now if Taylor Heineke's either at less than 100%. Or it's Kyle Allen. If Terry McLaurin doesn't play, you know, this receiving core is really beat up. And so Eagles rested, you know, should be able to uh, make a statement defensively if they're able to, uh, you know, face this, you know, team full of backups at this point. Do you trust the Vikings? Um, trust is a tough word with the Vikings. The, mm -hmm. They're uh, a low-end starter. I think they're outside my top 12. But, like, I would, I would trust the Chiefs in a tougher matchup than I would the Vikings in a better matchup. The Chiefs are on fire right now. And the Chargers, their offensive line isn't great. And Slater may not, their left tackle, rookie Rashawn Slater, is on the COVID list. So he's probably not going to play. They didn't rule him right, out. Yeah, but it's great point. Thursday. So the Chiefs have really been getting after quarterbacks. And the Chargers give up sacks when they face good pass rushes. So the Chiefs are not a bad option, even though it's not a great matchup. But they've just been, they've been so good. I mean, they won, they won me at least, I think just one week. I think I had them in only one league. But man, were they, they were incredible last week. I think they recovered four fumbles or something. I might be confusing that with another team, but they've been amazing. Uh, all right. So, you, uh, so the Dolphins, who was the other, you, who was the second one? Eagles. Eagles. Uh, Eagles, yeah. 
Yeah. And are you starting these DSTs over the Patriots? The Patriots' next two matchups are against the Colts, who are number one against DSTs, or they give up the fewest points to DSTs, and the Bills, Mm -hmm. who give up the third fewest. So the Patriots have just been great for, gosh, I don't even know, eight to ten weeks, I'm guessing. 14 straight, or 14 fantasy points in seven straight games. Seven straight. Uh, are you start? What, where are they for you this week, or should we be looking for other options? They're still top ten. I think this is a uh, you know does Carson Wentz stand up to the defense he's going to face, or does he poop down his leg? And I think he's going to poop down his leg. He's going to throw more than twenty times, or can they just run it all over? Like, I, do we I really? Mean, can you just say? Pissed down is like because poop is so disgusting. What a visual that is. <laughs> I, both of them are not great, Adam. I, <laughs> I prefer what is much more preferable. Uh, um, they're going to uh, have an accident down their leg. Thank you. Um, let's let okay, they're gonna make, like, <laughs> make, gonna make. <laughs> Who says makes though? <laughs> Parents, yeah, sometimes. Um, I think, uh, by the way, haircut looks good, Adam. Oh, um, I think uh, the Patriots are still startable. You know, they're going to try and take – you're not benching Jonathan Taylor. You're still, you know, starting him clearly, but that's their focus. They're going to make Carson Wentz beat them, and we'll see if he can. Jamie, wasn't Maddie the the person who was in our chat on Friday that was just crapping all over our show? Is that who we were saying? Why are you here? So. Look at him today. He's, he's at it again. Don't ever take Azer advice. A-Z-I-R. Azir. This is the one who said, you're no expert, uh, Y-O-U-R. And then always Jamie and Dave. this he can't spell anything right. Look at the way you spelled your name, Maddie. What are you doing you here? Dave, right? <laughs> he did good job. Also, Jamie, you should know I got my haircut at a kid's haircut place. Got a father son haircut. Nice. So, yeah, nothing wrong with that. Uh, kickers, other than Nick Folk, who are we looking at? Did you sit in like one of those little car chairs? I asked for the fire truck, but I was I was too big. We got a revenge game this week. We do the kicker game. Matt Prater. Oh. The ultimate revenge game. All right. Uh, Matt Prater, Jason Sanders, and um, Mason Crosby. And Dave, do we have any IDPs? We do. I need to find the browser that I open it on. So give me five seconds to get hey, it open. Pay attention. This I know that one of the names. I know it. that one of the names is Jordan Lewis uh, with the Cowboys. The DB has given you at least nine PPR points. Three of his last five games. He's got a safe floor of five and a half PPR points. Uh, who else we got? Who else we got? We've got Michael Davis. With the Chargers, back-to-back games with 11 fantasy points. Uh, Ernest Jones with the with the Rams, linebacker there. Going to take on Seattle, take on Rashad Penny. They found a run game. He's giving you double-digit points in each of his last two games. And one more, because I'm generous, like Santa, Marshawn Lattimore, taking on Tampa Bay. I'm sure he's going to get a lot of opportunities to make some tackles. Okay. I just want to see... did. did uh... I'll look it up while we. Uh, go what are you on. looking for? I I know Denzel Perryman got hurt a couple weeks ago. I didn't know if if anyone had a big game for. Uh, Let's see, for the I'll Raiders. Last week. Raiders. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you. Give me. Give me. Sometimes you know you get an opportunity with a linebacker going out, and those are really valuable players in in fantasy. We'll take a break. We'll tell you on the other side of the break. We'll also give you some week sixteen help, recap last night's game, and some more names on the waiver wire, probably get into the wide receivers a little bit more as well. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today, our waiver wire edition. Remember, if you have any questions, please tune in tonight, youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday uh, for a Q&A at 8 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m., youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. So looking ahead to week 16, just going to throw out a bunch of names. I, I don't have any running back streamers. It's a little bit, or wide receiver, really. I'm just looking at quarterback, tight end, and DST, the three positions that you stream based on weekly matchups. Uh, Matt Ryan against Detroit, Jared Goff against Atlanta. I'll, the tone of my voice should uh, reflect enthusiasm for these, these starts. Cam Newton against Tampa Bay. Justin Fields no. at Seattle. Teddy Bridgewater at Las Vegas, 
Ben Roethlisberger at Kansas City. Taylor Heineke at Dallas. Tua Tungavailoa at New Orleans. And Taysom Hill against Miami. It's bit, Yeah, I don't love it. But Tua. It's the same names as this week, basically. But uh, Matt Ryan, I guess you could, I don't know, against Detroit. I would say it's Tua. Uh, tight ends. Evan Ingram at Philadelphia. But Noah Fant at Las Vegas, also him. Cole Komet at Seattle. They're terrible against tight ends. CJ Uzama against Baltimore. They're terrible against tight Uzama! ends. Uzama! Bre- Brevin Jordan against the Chargers. And James Oshag Hennessy, or O'Shaughnessy, as he likes to be called, at the Jets. Did that guy do anything? He can get six targets. Catch two of them. Oh, frustrating. Yeah, so... Uh, I got the name of the guy you were looking for. Is there a guy? There is a guy, and it's actually an interesting story. It's Divine Diablo, who is actually a defensive back who they turn into a linebacker, but you can start him as a defensive back. He still sometimes lines up as a defensive back. He had nine total tackles last week for the Raiders with Perriman out. That's not a, not an insignificant thing. Nope. And actually, he had more fantasy points than that the week before. Oh. All right, Divine Diablo. Good stuff. Okay, so anyway, tight ends, if you're looking a week ahead, uh, Evan Ingram in Week 16, Noah Fant might be your best options. DSTs, Atlanta against Detroit. Jackson. What about Detroit against Atlanta? Mm. Yeah, well, you've got Atlanta versus Detroit, and you've got Jacksonville at the Jets. So four DSTs with good matchups that you probably don't want to trust. However, if you can stash the Chargers, they are at Houston. Although Davis Mills, let's give him a little bit of credit. He's not, you know, it's not the worst. The Eagles, not only are, do we like the Eagles this week against Washington, they've got the Giants after that, and then Washington again, right, in week 17. So the Eagles are a really good playoff DST. The Seahawks are against the Bears next week. Uh, Denver is at Las Vegas next week. Kansas City faces Pittsburgh. And, that, you know, that's a usable... Kansas City is another really good uh, for at least two weeks, I'd say. I don't know how you f- I feel good about them against Pittsburgh, you guys. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I feel good about them for the most part rest of the season. Yeah. They're just playing amazing. And Miami, uh, Miami is really a prize here. <laughs> the Dolphins should have a strong finish. Miami has the Jets this weekend at New Orleans next week. Although, i got to be honest with you, I don't know how good of a matchup New Orleans is if Taysom Hill is just running the ball. Uh, but, all right, they're an option. Rams 30. Taysom? How did you feel about him reflecting Never back? Never as your <laughs> <laughs> Start of the week. Taysom Tebow. All right. Rams 30, Cardinals 23. Dave, your big fantasy takeaways. Why don't you take the Rams? What do you got for the Rams? I loved seeing all three receivers getting involved with LA's offense. And we've seen it now really for the past few weeks, but they all had massive games. I think you could be thrilled with any of them. And I think you've got to, you're going to continue to start Cooper cup, obviously, but I think Van Jefferson and Odell Beckham warrant wide receiver two usage moving forward. I was disappointed in the results with Sony Michelle, but the workload was there. At least he got you 20 carries. Wish he had a couple more catches, but the way that they were just passing downfield uh, was exciting. And I don't think Tyler Higby not playing was the reason why the receivers had such a big game. I think that they're, I, I think the Rams realize what they have. They're making use of what they've got. And I would imagine those receivers are going to continue to be very good moving forward. Yeah. The Seattle Seahawks have been terrific against wide receivers. That's their matchup this week, but they don't have Jamal Adams anymore. And also they had another injury in their secondary. Um, DJ Reed. DJ, Reed, DJ Reed. He has a bruised chest. Doesn't sound too bad, but we'll check on that. Okay, the, the question I asked on Fantasy Football Today in 5 is, did James Conner and Sony Michelle just have their last games as true workhorse feature backs? What do you guys think? Um, probably, yes. Uh, you know, if the report from Chris Mortensen is accurate that Edmonds will return next week, then obviously it's going to be much more of a timeshare than it's been without Chase Edmonds. And clearly if Daryl Henderson's ready to go, he's going to have a role to whatever extent it is, whether he's back as the lead guy or he's now the second guy, he's going to have a role. So, yes, those two, most likely, barring something strange happening. You are correct. And Edmonds is expected back this week against Detroit. I, I just wonder, you know, Heath has brought this up, that James Conner has been a more efficient pass catcher than Chase Edmonds. 
Mm-hmm. And I'll bring up that Chase Edmonds has been a much more efficient rusher than James Conner. Mm-hmm. Is Conner going to... He's just been yards per carry aside. He's been really productive for them, you know, from a fantasy standpoint. And now he's doing a good job in the passing game. So I know what you just said, Jamie. I'm just going to follow up with it. I mean, you know, what are the chances that he just is the guy? And Edmonds is very complimentary and doesn't really have much of an impact. That would be great. That would absolutely be great. I mean, look, uh, we got a lot of great production for Chase Edmonds early in the season. Um, you know Connor's short area role is not changing, and it's it's probably, you never want to say safe to say somebody's going to score, but he scored seven straight games. So there's a nice little stretch run here going, and he's third in the NFL in rushing touchdowns, um, or touchdowns scored, uh, I believe, with Jonathan Taylor and Joe Mixon. So he's, you know, got that, you know, kind of in his back pocket. Uh, yes, if he can continue to be involved in the passing game, it's going to be fantastic. And Heath is right. He has been more efficient. He was their best receiver last night, you know, with DeAndre Hopkins actually dropping a ball. And um, A.J. Green made, made a lot of plays, obviously. But, you know, Connor was was the go-to guy for Kyler Murray. And, and hopefully that continues. All right. How are we feeling about Hopkins, A.J. Green? Hopkins finally gets his 12 targets. And has one of his, his worst games. One of his worst games. Yeah, yeah, five for 54. And yeah, no Ramsey. I, I had a hard time, uh, this is going to sound funny, but ranking him and Amon Ross St. Brown in that same game just because I, I could see the Cardinals having a Bears type of game where they don't have to do very much and just score efficiently and get their win and go home. Uh, whereas St. Brown, I think, will continue to be you know, double-digit targets. I obviously didn't rank it that way, but that's kind of where I come out with Hopkins. So he's not a slam-dunk starter. He's a three-receiver league guy at this point. Wow. And A.J. Green, 54% roster. Did he make your waiver wire list? Uh, you know, I didn't update it. He should. Absolutely, he should. Okay. And Not Christian, a huge priority, but still somebody you should pick up. Yeah, look, it's going to be a little up and down. It has been all year for A.J. Green. Christian Kirk, too. Kirk had that big catch late, three catches for 86 yards. No interest in Rondell Moore, I'm assuming. And Zach Ertz is Zach Ertz. He was okay. Five catches, 42 yards. Almost had a touchdown. Came up just short mm-hmm. of a touchdown. Anything else on this game? Did, was anybody else did Sorry. did you catch early on that Kyler Murray just wasn't his usual self passing? Like it just seemed like he wasn't on his A game. From I think he got game. shook when uh Max Garcia was thrown into his lap on the first play by Aaron Donald. I mean, you yeah. know, anytime you're you're getting pressure yeah, like that maybe. up the middle and, and Donald had a monster game again, um, you know, you're never gonna be comfortable. So he was back to, you know, running fifteen yards back to run twenty yards forward at times. Um you know, he just got unlucky. You know, Kyler, if he gets one touch, I, I lost the game by half a point that knocked me out of the playoffs. No. Uh, Kyler versus Stafford. I was up 10 going into the game and ended up oh. losing. When I got the onside kick, I was like, oh, I got a shot. And then when he took the sack at the end, I was like, oh, done. So I'm hoping no. for a scoring change. And we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh, that is awful. Sorry, yeah. man. Well, look, the good I, news for Kyler is that he's rushed for 60 yards in two straight games. Yep. That's a plus. And I think he'll be able to throw more comfortably next week. And I think that could help DeAndre Hopkins. There were two plays that decided this game and decided Jamie's fantasy fate. <laughs> they were both tip balls at the five-yard mm-hmm. line, basically. You know, yeah. One was an interception and one was incomplete, and they both probably would have been touchdowns. One of them would have been to Hopkins. And the Rams' defensive line came through. Okay, let's go to the drop-o-meter. I don't have a lot of guys here, but I'll give you some, some names who are owned in a ton of leagues, 90% or more. Julio Jones is actually 89% rostered. Julio Jones, drop meter 0 to 10. Five. I'm not ready to say that he's a must-drop. He's droppable if you need to make room on your roster, but there's still going to be some opportunities moving forward, including potentially this week against Pittsburgh. Yeah, I would say uh, three. I don't want to drop him yet. Dalton Schultz at the Giants. He had three targets in week 14. Bon voyage, 10. It's so weird, though, because, like, you know, when you think about it, and, and when I was putting the list together, so here we are saying uh, Austin Hooper, who may revert back to being in a, in a committee uh, at, at his own position, let alone, you know, his receiving core. Um, Ricky Seals-Jones, Brevin Jordan, Gerald Everett, and we're telling people to drop somebody who's been essentially a top 10 tight end. Uh, it's very weird. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it, but it's just very weird to, to suggest that you're dropping the Cowboys starting tight end for maybe the Texans starting tight end. Yeah, but the situation's changed. Totally. He's, the the three receivers are healthy, and it's it's borne out that when those guys are on the field, Schultz takes a back seat. Now, could one of those guys get hurt? And then Dalton. Uh oh. 
Schultz ends up being a factor again. Very possible. <laughs> What's the matter? Uh, you froze for a what second, and then what happens when you freeze is your your audio kind of catches up. So it was like, very oh, possible. So like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Uh, Sorry. Jerry Sorry. Judy, 95% rostered. Oh, boy. Uh, Non-PPR, I think it's like a 9. And yep. PPR, it's like a 7. He's a good PPR bench receiver. That brings me to another point that I want to mention, guys. I think it's important to have as good of a bench as you can as far as depth goes. You probably want to back up every position um, unless you just you look at your waiver wire and you see a ton of quarterbacks that are out there, see a ton of tight ends that are out there. Because it just, it just seems like there's more COVID cases happening now than there were at any point this season. And I don't want anybody to be shorthanded, especially on game day. I was thinking about all the fantasy managers. Imagine being down one point and you've got Tyler Higby to go and your opponent has nothing left. And what do you do? I mean, you've got to, you had to scramble for the game to find a tight end. There's Kendall Blanton and there's uh, Bryson Hopkins. And you've got to pick one of these two. And I thought it was going to be Blanton. And luckily, Blanton was the better tight end. But just being in that type of a situation yeah. is something you should try to avoid. So make sure you're smart about your depth on your fantasy bench. Um, but you couldn't have avoided that, though. That one you couldn't have avoided, but a lot of other ones you could have. And so just having good depth in general is something that I think is a must this year more so than in past years where you might have collected a bunch of players so that your opponent can't use them against you. Now maybe you should think twice about something like that. Darnell Mooney on the drop meter Oh, I like him this week. Hopefully it's a lot of Brashad Breland. Um, Got Minnesota. Yeah, no. Okay. Yeah. He's not, the least droppable player that you've mentioned so far. So let's call him a three. <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That was me recording my cousin Vinny. Say, I'm finished with this guy last night because that movie's always on. All right, let's go to the waiver wire. The quarterbacks, again, we've covered all of this. But Taysom Hill, so if Tua and Taysom Hill are both available in a shallower league, who are you going with? Uh, Taysom. Uh, I think I'm going with Taysom. Okay. Number I like one, Tua better this week. Uh, am, I wrong? am I crazy, Jamie? You have, you have Tua one or you have Roethlisberger one? Uh, Tua one. I sent you okay. before I changed it. All right, so 201, he's 58% rostered. Roethlisberger, 36% rostered. Uh, Roethlisberger has Tennessee this week, and Tua has the Jets. And then after that, it's Justin Fields and Jimmy Garoppolo. Deeper leagues, two QB leagues, you've got Tyler Huntley available now, but Lamar Jackson is expected to start. Uh, Also, Huntley scored 10 fantasy points in his only start earlier this year at Chicago. And Davis Mills, he scored, now let's see, 19 points last week, 24 points in his previous start. Those were against the Rams and the Seahawks. That was impressive. And now he's at Jacksonville. Well, actually, they have not been that bad against quarterbacks lately. But you've got those options in deep This leagues. is the full to 10 game, though, for the Jaguars. If they want Urban out, that's yeah. a locker room. <laughs> okay, I like that theory. We'll running see. backs. We haven't talked about the shallow league running backs. Uh, but Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds, Deontay Foreman, Michael Carter... And I'm going to throw Devin Singletary out there. Yes, good call. 75%. Uh, so we've got Jamal again. Jamal Williams, Chase Edmonds, Deontay Foreman, Michael Carter, Devin Singletary. 75 to 82% roster. Dave, who's the, the best from that bunch? I think I like Foreman the best. You see a must start this week at, at Pittsburgh? Pittsburgh? Yeah, I think he is. He's, he's closer to you know the end of the number two running back range. Than the the top of it, but I think he's, I think he's a start. Let's hope, um, just like we saw Dalvin Cook play Moses and just part the offensive line <laughs> last week. The Titans do the same thing. Yeah, would you guys start Foreman or Penny this week? Um, man, I'd I probably go Foreman. I think I have Penny higher. <laughs> Okay, Jamal Williams had 15 carries and 17 carries oh, in his They're back-to-back back in my rankings, Same my first run of rankings, and Penny's Ooh. one spot higher than Foreman. Yeah, so Jamal Williams could be available. Regardless and and uh, Williams, by, or, by the way, Swift might play this week. They, they haven't ruled him out. Same with Hawkinson. Chase Edmonds, 82% rostered. He's got Detroit. Look, there's a possibility that both guys can get in the end zone against Detroit. We have seen that. 
mm-hmm. uh, like we did last, just just a couple of days ago. Michael Carter, yeah. man, he's going to be a tough call for me this week. I'm excited to get him back, but Miami has been sick against running backs lately. Their last six games, no running back is more than six non-PPR points. No running back is more than 12 full PPR points. Uh, it has been a d- defensive. They've, they've been a great defense for the last six games. And then Singletary, as Frank Stample pointed out on Twitter, played a season high in snaps last week. He only had four carries, but it was against the Bucks. They'll face Carolina this week. I just wonder if we had some conversation yesterday, and uh, do they, especially if Josh Allen's out, do they elevate Zach Moss, and then it's a worse situation? Because Breed has done nothing. I mean, you know, he had that little stretch where he, you know, seemed to provide a little bit of life for their team. He made uh, two their backfield, and. Playing on special teams, you know, that's a that's a big part of it, obviously. But, you know, they were actually winning games with Zach Moss, for whatever that's worth. And they haven't done exactly as well. Not that he's the difference, but at least he, you know, gives you a little bit semblance of a, a bigger back in their backfield. He's only played one of the last three games, and in that game, he was in there inside the 10-yard line. They will not take that role away from Zach Moss, it seems. Um, here's a crazy stat for you. Mike Davis has three to five catches in four straight games. Mike Davis is facing San Francisco this week. They've allowed four or more catches to a running back in five of their last six games. So get excited about Mike Davis. 69% rostered. Might be able to get He's catching more passes catches. than Patterson, right? He is. Absolutely. A lot more lately. Uh, all right. So then the other guys to get are Penny. You can look at the Philadelphia guy. Dave likes Craig Reynolds in case the other guys are out for Detroit. You can look at Philadelphia. You can look at Miami. You can look at David Johnson. I think David Johnson's a really interesting call against Jacksonville. Um, they are 23rd against running backs. I think it's gross. I know, but there's no Burkhead. I, I know, but he'll split with Royce Freeman. He's been bad all year. Yeah. You're hoping he plops into the end zone. I just think, again, it's the narrative. It's, you know. It's the Texans. It's it's Jacksonville playing Ole defense and just wanting to make it look as bad as they can for Urban. You don't think anybody's going to try... This is just me playing devil's advocate. I don't know if I even believe what I'm about to say, but you don't think anybody in Jacksonville is going to try and fire up that defense knowing that this is a potentially winnable game for them? Oh, for sure. And, you know, I, I asked Pete about this, you know, yesterday, and he said that they love their defense coordinator. So, you know, they'll they'll play for him. Um, so that, that that absolutely is is there. But you you've, we've seen this time and time again. Whenever the locker room is united against the, the, the leader, and the leader in this case stinks, um, the easiest way to do it is to get him embarrassed on national television, and they'll get him embarrassed, or whatever, regional television. I, are you allowed to talk about Urban Meyer this way as a Gator? Oh, he did his job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you used, you, perfect use for Urban Meyer at University of Florida. All right, Dearness Johnson as a handcuff. Get your handcuff. And you take a look at the Chargers, guys, because maybe we shouldn't just take Brandon Staley's word for it. It's a short week. It's a short turnaround for Austin Eckler. And you got an opportunity there if he doesn't play. Um, Amir Abdullah, 12% rostered. Any interest? Probably going to have to start throwing the ball a lot. No. Okay. And When you get to him, we're getting in the David Johnson range. Well, okay. Wide receivers. In shallower leagues, you can look at Cole Beasley against Carolina. I always say, though, it's t- it's a lot tied to Josh Allen's pass attempts. How many will he have to yep. throw this week? But then again, Emmanuel Sanders is out. And Russell Gage. You know, Russell Gage has actually been playing more out wide than he has yes, in the yeah. slot. And he is 76% rostered facing San Francisco, and they have allowed two touchdowns to a wide receiver in three straight games, and plus 83 yards to Justin Jefferson, 114 yards to T. Higgins. So their pass defense has been struggling. Okay, the waiver wire wide receivers, though, that are available in more leagues are Devontae Parker, K.J. Osborne, Amonra St. Brown, Gabriel Davis. I guess that's kind of the top four that you were highlighting, Jamie, right? Yep. Parker, Osborne, St. Brown, and Davis. If you can't get them, last week Lazard had the big week. Which Packers wide receiver, if you were going to take a chance, on a terrible Ravens secondary that gives up a ton of big plays, Lazard or MVS? MVS. MVS is the better you know, shot call play, but Lazard's usage coincides with Randall Cobb's absence. And so just keep that in mind. Yeah, I, f- I, I 
forgot to look this up. I'll look it up now, but I think they had mentioned using Lazard in the slot, so I'll see yep. if they, they are doing that. Uh, if if Keenan Allen is out, do you go to Jalen Guyton or Josh Palmer? Or neither? Uh, I, I would Chief. still lean toward Guyton. Uh, yeah, I would go in that direction too. I think both would warrant use in deeper leagues. Not the easiest matchup for them. Although they did well against the... Uh, the Chargers passing game did well against the Chiefs earlier this year. That was what, week three? Week three. Yeah, the Chiefs are... That was the first time... Mahomes had a good stat line in the game, but it was the style of defense that the Chargers played that started to make for some copycat defensive coordinators around the league. Alan Lazard played, yeah, 25 slot snaps, 27 in week 12. He's been playing 20-plus slot snaps in four straight games for him, even some of that with Randall Cobb. Uh, All right. Anyway... Donovan Peoples-Jones against Las Vegas. They've been struggling. They've been great all year against receivers, but starting to struggle a little bit. And Peoples-Jones actually has 70 or more yards in four of his last six games. But when he's bad, he's really bad. Uh, Rashad Bateman is another guy you could look at. Sterling Shepard. So what's the deal with the Giants wide receivers here? Are we we just giving up until Daniel Jones comes back? I mean, I guess the the hope would be is, you know, Shepard had to take the rust off game also. So... Um, not obviously somebody you want to trust, but I still would buy into him as the best receiver moving forward if you want to say there's a best receiver moving forward. Uh, Robbie Anderson, Jacoby Myers, Kendrick Bourne, and Nico Collins. You want to sort that out, Jamie? What do you think about these bottom end guys? Uh, they're bottom end guys, but, you know, I mean, Robbie Anderson has shown some life the last couple of weeks, and who knows if P.J. Walker will lean on him a little bit more, that Temple connection. Um, <laughs> uh, the Patriots guys, look, they're going to, they're going to throw more this week, I would assume. Um, so, you know, we'll see if any of them step up and then Nico Collins, I think is, uh, you know, starting to show something last few weeks and no Danny Amendola, you know, he's the second receiver there. All right. Well, sometimes you have to reach for these guys. So we get I, critiqued if we don't help the, the, the shallower yeah. leagues or the, the deeper leagues. So absolutely. And speaking of which. Is there a Washington wide receiver you'd be looking at if McLaurin were out? I mean, Cam Sims has the most upside. Adam Humphreys has the safest floor, you know, but that's the 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 bad and the bad of it. If I'm looking for a deep league guy, why would it not be Laquan Treadwell? Who has He's been playing okay. Yeah, 53 yep. to 68 yards in three straight games for Jacksonville, and he faces Houston this week. He gets the Jets next week. Sure. He's, he's like the one guy in this passing game who can get open. He's actually been doing a good job on comeback routes of getting open and being available to Trevor Lawrence and definitely has a chance to score on top of getting that type of yardage this week. I've been using him in the, yeah, I talk about these 14 team deep leagues that I'm in all the time. I've been starting him in those leagues. Okay. That's I think if you want to look at it though, again, well. narrative uh, of all the Marvin Jones talk, Jones just came off a game where he led the team targets. He had one more than Treadwell. Then they both had about 70 yards. Six catches for 70 yards for Jones, four catches for 68 yards for Treadwell. I can, I can ask you about Marvin Jones. I mean, he is 67, 76% rostered, but is he more in the drop range or the, or the hold range? Well, I mean, based on his percentage, he's more in the drop range, but, you know, he's he's got an interesting scenario this week. Again, I think, you know, Trevor Lawrence is trying to prove something. Mm-hmm. Okay, tight ends. Gasicki, if he's available. If Gasicki and Hooper are available, who you go to? Gasicki. Uh is definitely safer, but if you tell me Hooper's out, I mean tell me Njoku's out, I'll go with Hooper. If you're telling me Hooper's out, I'm gonna say no to Hooper. <laughs> <laughs> uh Brevin Jordan, Jamie likes him. Dave prefers Gerald Everett. Ricky Seals Jones could be the guy that the Eagles have allowed 77 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in nine straight games. It's it's unbelievable. When Ryan Griffin scored, I I just, just it's okay. They're just it's a guarantee. What about when Troutman scored that week too? Troutman, yeah, when this when I don't even remember his name, Chris Myarik or whatever for the Giants, what he scored. Uh, these guys just you're, you have to look them up, and they scored touchdowns against the Eagles. Uh, James O'Shaughnessy, Nick Vanette. Nick Vanette has been 44, 48 yards, two straight games for the Saints with Taysom Hill, and the Bucks have been pretty bad against tight ends in their last three games. They've been up and down all year, so zero percent rostered. Nick Vanette. Going to win you a fantasy league. Uh, Cole Komet, Tyler Conklin on Monday night. Any interest there? Not much. No. Okay. 
And the DSTs. So Eagles, Chiefs, Cleveland Browns. We haven't talked about them. I don't. Or maybe we mentioned them briefly. Uh, first of all, the Dolphins are the best option if they're available. They're seventy percent rostered. The Browns, Jamie, you like the Eagles and the Chiefs better? Yes, yes. But I think you've seen you know Derek Carr starting to fall apart a little bit. Yeah, the Browns. And, and there's the always Miles Garrett. You know Miles Garrett getting a sack or three. Sure. Uh, so the what about the Texans at the Jaguars? Yeah, so I added, uh, since I sent you the notes, because I put another kicker on, so I tried to balance it out with another defense to make it 4-4, so I put the Texans at 13% against Jackson. And then Minnesota maybe would be a fifth, 52% at Chicago? Sure. Sure, great, wonderful. Kicker, streamers, Prater, Jason Sanders, Mason Crosby, and, of course, this week's prize is Nick Folk. So, <laughs> so good luck, everybody. Uh, we'll talk to you tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern. And looking forward to debating Deontay Foreman, Rashad Penny, KJ Osborne all week long. Tomorrow we'll talk about week 15 tough calls. Thanks to Dave and Jamie and Shraggy B. Thanks to all of you for watching and listening. Even you, Maddie 16 I'm Adam. Talk to you tonight. Should you ever set foot outside of the motel, you will be shot. Don't miss the new Showtime limited series based on the international bestseller. For the last four years, I've been a prisoner. Why are they keeping you here? Starring Emmy Award winner Ewan McGregor. This is the brave new world that you dreamt of. Be very careful. You are still a prisoner here. Everything in this new world comes at cost. This is still my country. A Gentleman in Moscow, now streaming on Paramount Plus, only with the Paramount Plus with Showtime plan.